0: This is Animal's Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animal's Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, joining you once again to talk about Animals, all things animals. And uh, very happy to be joined this week by my special guests, Dr. Kirsten Graham May and Dr. Aaron Marley from Royal Canaan, Canada. How are you guys?
1: We're good. Great, thank you
0: they've joined me by Skype. So people that are listening to the broadcast and thinking maybe it sounds a little different than normal. We always like to uh, make sure you're aware when we're doing a Skype interview, and that's what we're doing this week. And we're going to be talking about a really important topic, one that you know owners of pets across the province should know more about and often are clamoring for information on. So we're, we're grateful that you're joining us to, to fill us in on the importance of oral health care in pets this week. First thing I want to ask, Kirsten, uh, you can answer first and then, Erin, I'd like you to answer the same question. How did each of you come to work with Royal Canaan?
2: It's a great question. And funny enough, we both have really similar stories because we're actually classmates. So about 10 years ago, we went to veterinary school together. And then both of us went to private practice I, for one, joined Royal Canin about two years ago, looking for a new uh, a new challenge, really. Veterinarians are very much a jack-of-all-trades in most cases, and I was looking to get to know more information about a very specific topic, in this case, nutrition. Um, so, I don't know, Erin, do you have a similar story? Uh, yep, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Ten years in private practice. I just joined
1: Royal Canin uh, back this past October, so I'm relatively new here. Again, I was ten years out looking for a new challenge and something to really focus on. And I just love food. I love talking about food okay. and now I talk about food all day.
0: I'm the same, although it's not related to pets. I really just sit around talking about pizza. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, first of all, Kirsten, what what are some common misconceptions about dental care for pets? You know, some people think, Oh, you know, my pet doesn't need that. I give him special treats for their dental health care. Tell me about those misconceptions out there about dental care for pets.
2: Well, there's there's a lot of them. Some of the top ones that come to mind, the big one would be, oh, it, it's just doggy breath or it's just kitty breath. Bad breath is is often a sign of dental disease and it's sometimes the only sign. It's not normal, it's not healthy. And if it's really severe, then obviously something is terribly wrong. So that, that would be a big one. The other one we hear in practice a lot is that my my pet's teeth look clean, so they must be fine. And the thing to remember, and we'll talk about it more later I'm sure, is is that dental disease is invisible in the early stages or it's got very, very subtle clinical signs. And so it's hard to know, you know, if there's something going on below the gum line that's not identifiable until the animal can be fully examined under anesthesia. And the other really big one that we hear a lot is that, particularly with dogs, you know, my dog chews on bones or sticks, so uh, that's cleaning his teeth, right? And the thing is, although chewing on toys and such or bones, it does um, help dental care in some respects. There's a lot of negative things that can happen, too, with respect to the teeth. The big one would be if the teeth get broken, and that's a very, very, very common finding. So I think the cons definitely outweigh the pros when it comes to chewing on hard objects for dental care.
0: Erin, can you articulate why it's so important to care about dental care for your pets?
1: Well, the same reason it's important for humans. So your oral health is directly related to your overall health. And the reality is most of our dogs that we keep at home are, were not bred for their oral health. They are bred for other purposes or to have a certain look. Toy breeds in particular or brachiocephalic, so the dogs with the pushed-in faces, have quite a lot of dental problems related to the small size of their mouths. So really with those guys, even right from the start, managing their oral health is going to be really important. Doing preventative care and early intervention is going to avoid much larger problems later on in in their lives. And ultimately, you know, we want to do the best thing for our pets and giving them a life free of pain related to oral disease is really, really really important.
0: Yeah, you think about the pain some of us go through at the dentist as, as people, as humans, so I guess, you know, it makes sense then that you would want your, your animals to avoid that sort of discomfort and, and difficult situations in their lives as well, right?
1: Absolutely. And anyone who's had even a fragment of a popcorn kernel stuck between your teeth, you know how crazy that makes you, just, just that small <laughs> little thing. And you can imagine that level of discomfort that a, an animal would be in with really severe dental disease.
0: What are the most common results of pet owners not caring for their pet's dental health?
2: Well, it it all depends on the severity of the disease that's going to develop, and and it will develop. Plaque accumulates on the teeth very quickly, even after a professional cleaning. Um, So the more uh, subtle results would be simply bad breath, as I mentioned already. You might see what's called gingivitis, which means the gums are inflamed, meaning there's irritation or inflammation there. And then although you can't see it, plaque will develop, which will eventually turn into calculus, or what some people call tartar and that is visible. In the more severe cases, you know, if if the initial sort of signs and symptoms are not addressed, you can develop really deep abscesses in the teeth at the roots, which are not visible um, externally in most cases. They can lose teeth, you can uh, lose bone with time, and even if severe bone loss occurs, particularly in these small breed dogs that Aaron was talking about, they can actually fracture their jaw simply Uh, by eating their breakfast. So very painful, and and even the milder stuff, like inflamed gums are uncomfortable. If anyone's ever experienced that themselves, it's uncomfortable. And the thing also to remember is that pets can't tell us when they hurt, generally, or the, the signs that show that they're uncomfortable are not things that people might pick up on, like only chewing on one side of their mouth. There's also a little bit of evidence developing in the animal world around the systemic effects of dental disease. So it's well documented in people that... Having severe issues with the oral cavity can actually lead to issues in some of your internal organs like your kidneys or your heart. That hasn't been demonstrated clearly in animals, but it's suspected. So more research is being done in that field. And the, the last result that I think it's more of a personal thought, but I think that pets with dental disease don't have as strong of a bond with their owner. I don't know about you, but I would prefer not to snuggle my dog that has severe dental disease because his breath stinks. (laughs) And so I think that severe dental disease actually impacts the bond that that the owner and the pet have.
0: Wow, I'd never thought of it that way. We're gonna take a very quick break here on Animal's Voice Podcast. Erin, when we get back, I'm gonna ask you a question about how owners can prevent dental disease. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back here on Animal's Voice Podcast.
2: Did you know the Ontario SPCA has an adoption program created by the ASPCA called Meet Your Match? This fun initiative pairs potential adopters with dogs or cats based on their personality. It's like eHarmony for pets. When you take the online Meet Your Match survey, you will receive a colour based on your personality and lifestyle. On your next visit to one of the Ontario SPCA Adoption Centres, the staff will take your results and help match you up with your perfect pet. For more information on Meet Your Match, please visit meetyourmatch.ontariospca.ca
0: Welcome back to Animal's Voice podcast. I'm your host Kevin McKenzie and continuing right now our a very interesting interview we're doing with Dr. Kirsten Graham May and Dr. Aaron Marley from Royal Canaan Canada. We're very appreciative of you joining us today to talk about oral health care in pets and uh, fascinating to hear this information about just how important it is to keep your teeth healthy. Aaron, can I ask you a question now about how pet owners can prevent dental disease? I mean, are there things that Dogs can chew on, or pets can chew on at home, or, or special toys?
1: Absolutely. Now, the first and most important thing would be toothbrushing. It sounds Simple, but it is still the gold standard for preventing plaque and tartar buildup in dogs, is toothbrushing at home. Um, Is the brushing, the mechanical action with that, that's the most important thing? We can use pet-friendly, fluoride-free toothpaste in our dogs. That usually just helps increase the compliance, make it a little bit more enjoyable for the pet because they get that taste. But is the brushing that's really important? The next very important thing is to be examined regularly by a veterinarian. Um, They're going to be able to look at the whole mouth and identify more subtle changes that may not be obvious to the pet owner. The veterinarians are trained to look for things like missing teeth, crowded teeth, recession of the gums, and other kind of subtle changes in color and that sort of thing. By having a regular visit with the veterinarian, they'll catch these things early and we can address them before they become really significant problems. As far as treats and chews, it depends. There's lots of options out there. There's a lot of good options out there and there's also some not so good ones. And not every chew or treat is gonna be suitable for every pet. Some pets are gonna have other dietary conditions that need to be addressed. Um, They are a source of calories, these dental treats, and we have to watch that as well. Some items as well are also marketed as being good for dental care, but actually are not. Um, Deer antlers would be a really good example of that. Best thing would be to ask the veterinarian for a specific recommendation for your own pet to make sure that it's most appropriate. And then, of course, dental diets that have proven efficacy for reducing plaque or tartar are helpful as well. Um, but ultimately, it's the toothbrushing and the, the professional care with the veterinarian that are the most important things.
0: Erin, when you are talking about the toothbrushing just now, I wanted to verify the frequency that people should be brushing their cat's or dog's teeth. For me at home, we're not doing it with the frequency that I believe would be as often as we should, and it's more of a comedy for... <laughs> For the rest of us at home, my daughters start laughing hysterically as we try to, to brush our dog's teeth. So how often are we supposed to be doing this?
1: Every day.
0: <laughs> it is every day.
1: It is every day. Yeah. You know, making it part of your daily routine is actually likely in the long run going to be easier than trying to do it once in a while. Because then you're right, it does it can become a bit of a rodeo to try and get it done but just like with us, I mean, how, how many days would you like to go without brushing your teeth before it's going to feel a little bit gross in your
0: mouth? <laughs> okay. Same
1: with dogs.
0: Kirsten, some people may not be aware that vets, they have a whole process that they follow when the pet is brought in for an assessment on their teeth. What typically takes place and what is checked for when you take your dog or your cat to the vet for a dental checkup?
2: It's a great question and, and it's nice to be able to demonstrate what goes on behind the scenes. When the pet first arrives for their examination, we usually start in the examination room with the pet owner. And we're going to start by taking a, a history. So has the owner noticed anything unusual, like bad breath? Does the pet only chew on one side of their mouth? Is the pet rejecting kibble or dry food and only eating canned food at this point? And also we'd like to know what the owner is currently doing in terms of home care with respect to the mouth. So are they are they brushing the pet's teeth or are they willing to brush the pet's teeth? Things like that. Then if the animal is amenable to it, so depending on their personality, uh, we will try to do what we call an awake examination, uh, meaning we'll do our best to examine the mouth with the pet fully awake. What we're looking, is, looking for is uh, signs like asymmetry of the face, uh, bad breath as well inflamed gums or gingivitis, we may be able to see calculus, broken teeth, extra teeth, anything abnormal, discomfort on examination. So we do our best to do that examination with the pet awake. But what's really important to know is that a lot of the stuff that goes on in the mouth happens below the gum line. And we can't actually identify that until we can have the animal under full anesthesia. So anesthesia is required to do a complete examination of the mouth. And quite often, unfortunately, we find surprises once we get the pet under anesthesia. So for pet owners who have taken their pet to the vet for dental care, they may be surprised that the veterinarian cannot give them an exact estimate of what it's going to cost. And that's because we don't know until we get the pet under anesthesia. So once they go under anesthetic, they'll do an even more thorough examination. It's much like you or I going to the dentist. They'll do probing with a little probe, just like you would experience at your dentist. They'll take x-rays and look for anything else that might indicate a problem. At that point, they usually will call the pet owner and, and formulate a treatment plan, and at that point can tell them what it might cost.
0: I have to ask because while we're having this conversation, I've got two or three things flying through my mind. One is that I'm finding myself paranoid to breathe anywhere near my producer, Emily, and worried that I have bad breath. So that's stressing me out. But I want to talk about wet food versus dry food. I seem to remember years and years ago, I guess when I was a teenager and we had cats in the house, uh, someone telling us that we should stick with dry food because it's a lot better for animals than wet food in terms of dental care for those animals. Is there basis to that?
2: It used to be that that was believed to be true. I, funny that you ask, I just read a paper on this yesterday. If you're comparing canned food to regular kibble, not kibble that has a dental claim on it, mm-hmm. there's really no difference uh, based on the research that we have at present. The other thing to note is that particularly for cats, canned food is very, very beneficial for other components of their health, particularly urinary issues. So I certainly uh, wouldn't you know, forget the idea of feeding a cat canned food. I think they do benefit from it, and some dogs do as well, depending on what their other um, health issues are. And then in terms of kibbles, uh, I would say that a regular kibble is probably not going to do much for the teeth, but a, t- a kibble with dental claims uh, will help with, with oral care. Not forgetting, of course, that toothbrushing is the best thing by far.
0: Okay. Erin, there are listeners right now that likely have mature dogs or cats that They've had a long time, they haven't looked into their teeth and dental care and the way that we're describing and talking about during this conversation. Is a pet ever too old? I mean, have they missed the boat on this or should they jump on this right away, even if, you know, the, the animal is several years old and never really had this looked into?
1: It's definitely never too late. As I like to say, age is not a disease, but dental disease is a disease. The first step would be to go to the veterinarian and have them have a really good look in the mouth and and have a discussion and say listen this is what my concerns are i want the best thing for my pet i'm a little worried because of the age And then the veterinarian can address the concerns. And there's things that we can do to to ensure even a mature dog is in good health. Things like blood work, a urinalysis, have a good listen to their heart and lungs, the complete physical exam. And then based on those findings, they can make a plan for that pet. And it may be, you know, a, a mature pet is perfectly healthy and fine to have the dental work done in the clinic. Or maybe it would be recommended to to go and visit a specialist to have all that done or, or have the dental work done under the supervision of a veterinary dentist and a veterinary anesthesiologist.
0: We've been talking to Dr. Kirsten Graham-May and Dr. Aaron Marley from Royal Canin, Canada. And uh, by the way, we're so fond of you guys at Royal Canin. Uh, you're very good to us at the Ontario SPCA, and some of our listeners may not realize just how deep that relationship goes. And, you know, all of the uh, all of the animals in our spay-neuter clinics and in our uh, animal shelters across the province are all fed the uh, incredible food of Royal Canin, and that's thanks to the relationship we have with you, and you, you're very generous and very good to us. So thank you on behalf of all of us here at the Ontario SPCA, by the way. Well, thanks for
1: having us on your show. Uh, yes, thank you.
0: Before I let you go, though, this is the the fun part of the interview where we get to learn a little bit about you. First of all, Kirsten, do you have any pets of your own?
2: I have too many pets. (laughs) (laughs) To put it in context, I live on a dairy farm, so we have a lot of animals. And uh, we have two dogs in the house, four cats in the house, and a number of barn cats. The barn cats eat ronkin and dental because they are too feral for their teeth to be brushed.
0: I understand. Okay. And Aaron, your thoughts? How many how many animals do you have crawling around?
2: Well,
1: my wild animals are of the two legged variety right now. <laughs> Yeah, I have two, two kids that unfortunately both have asthma, so we have been scouring our local shelters waiting for a non-shedding dog to become available, but we haven't found one just as of yet.
0: Well, keep on the lookout, and uh, we've got good things coming down the pipe eventually. Uh, the Ontario SPCA is going to have its own app on smartphones uh, not too long from now and you'll be able to very easily stay on top of those sorts of things like uh, when a uh, you know non-allergetic dog becomes available at your nearest shelter so uh, just stay on top of that and good luck with that and i can relate to how the two-legged variety of creatures keep us very busy yeah finally last question and either of you can take a shot at answering this but i mean how would you encourage a pet owner who's hesitant to bring their pet in for regular dental assessments what, what would you say to them
1: that prevention is the most important thing, but if, if we have a pet that's going to have some dental issues developing, the earlier we catch it, the easier it's going to be to address it. By going in for regular exams and even regular um, dental procedures at the veterinarian is going to provide a more predictable, for example, cost of things, um, less likely to find major issues if we're on top of it all the time, and it's really going to make a better, better life for our pets. I mean, we think of ourselves, and personally, I brush, floss, and use mouthwash every day, twice a day, and every time I go to the dentist every six months, they still have cleaning to do. So, I mean, if we think about our pets, um, I think I think we need to give a bit of that care to them as well.
0: Very good advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Kirsten Graham May, and Dr. Aaron Marley from Royal Canin Canada. Really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so
0: much. And thank you, the listeners of Animals Voice Podcast. We uh, certainly are so appreciative of all of the support we get sharing our broadcasts on social media. We hope you'll continue to do that on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and everywhere else. If you have show ideas, you can track me down. Email me at kmckenzie at ospca.on.ca or you can follow me on Twitter at ospcakevin. Until next time, I'm going to brush my teeth now. We'll catch you later. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animal's Voice podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all our supporters. Together, we are the Animal's Voice.